Welcome to Today on Broadway for Thursday, January 28th, 2021. I'm Tell Me on a Sunday podcast, Grace Aki. And I'm arts and culture writer, Ashley Steves. Ah, it's the ladies' day. Yay! Yay! Yay. <laughs> yeah, after we spent all kinds of time fighting on our roundtable episode of In and of Itself. Now it's just you and I. But it was like a nice, yeah. I thought it was refreshing. We'll like see. a cool sprite. Exactly. We'll see. We kept joking around saying that we were going to go down to two co-hosts. We actually got rid of Matt. That's we got rid of Matt. We yeah. decided too much testosterone, <laughs> exactly. and here we are. <laughs> oh. Well, uh, today is Actors' Equity National Swing Day, and it's kind of hard to celebrate the way we normally do with posts honoring all the current Broadway shows' swings, yeah. but it's apparent theater won't be able to come back without them. <laughs> like, Ooh, if this has told right. us anything. Um, swings are just another important cog in the wheel of a running show. A swing is a member of the ensemble who learns multiple parts or tracks and is on standby to cover for multiple members of the chorus like throughout the entire show um, depending on the needs of a production a swing could go on for any number of tracks including those written for other genders ages or even more than one track at once which is God. always terrifying I was like, yeah. terrifying <laughs> and from an outsider incredibly impressive yeah, truly. Um, a swing may uh, learn they are going on like a moment before the performance uh, starts, uh, even in the middle of a show. I mean, I've I've seen swings go on like during intermission, uh, 10 minutes before curtain at the top of the show. They really do learn multiple tracks for any given show. And 80% of the time, they're just hanging out backstage. It's a pretty sweet gig, except for the part where you have to like <laughs> go on and risk your life. Just go on, <laughs> and risk your life and be ready at any given time, which again, very impressive because if I'm doing anything, I need like a week of warning and preparation. It's got to be in my calendar really? and everything. Yeah, it's like it's the most leisurely fun thing on Broadway, except for like that thing where you have to do it. And then you're like doing open heart surgery in front of millions of people. Um, so <laughs> Equity invites anyone who has worked as a swing to chime in on social media with their favorite swing memory using the hashtags, hashtag Equity Team Swing, hashtag Swing Day, or hashtag Swing Day 2021. Personally, will I be doing hashtag Swing Day when I'm extremely non-equity Les Mis? I won't. I won't be doing that. Will you be celebrating Swing Day in any way? Uh, I mean, I will be reading through hashtags for sure. I have uh, absolutely no theatrical talent, so I will just admire these brave theatrical soldiers from afar. <laughs> yes, the theatrical soldiers. That's what it hashtag yeah. theatrical soldiers. Hashtag swing theatrical soldiers. That's what I want to see in the playbills going forward. <laughs> If there <laughs> are swindles. Oh, um, don't even joke. Oh, oh. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Before we get into the news, um, head on over to broadwayradio.com, patreon.com slash broadwayradio if you want to get the news before it hits our regular feed. So Ashley and I just truly just learned that Cloris Leachman um, mm. has passed away at the age of 94. Uh, she was an absolute titan of theater stage and screen like she's she's just one of those people that you full you know her first and last name you do not call her Cloris right, right. do not call her Miss Leachman she is Cloris Leachman forever she died peacefully in her home uh at I thought she was honestly in her 60s I have no concept of like time that. yeah she looks <laughs> I was looking at old pictures of everything from South Pacific and she looks exactly the same her entire life she 
She actually does. She's always had those cheekbones. It's insane. Um, She studied under Ilya Kazan before starring in The Last Picture Show. She played Nellie Forbush, like you just mentioned, in South Mm. Pacific, Celia, and As You Like It. She also was slated to play Abigail Williams in the original Broadway production of The Crucible, but left the show the day before its opening night in their out-of-town tryout, which blew my mind. That's swell. (laughs) Can you imagine? And then um, another thing that Matt was texting us about, which I thought was incredible, was that she auditioned to reprise her role from Young Frankenstein for the Broadway musical. But Mel Brooks said that he didn't want to see her die on stage. So so they went with Andrea Martin instead, (laughs) which is like, if I'm going to be replaced by anybody, it's Andrea Andrea Martin. Martin. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. For sure. Um, Yeah. Uh, Her contribution to culture is so huge and she'll be deeply missed by this industry. And I... I like first notably knew her from Spanglish and then of course the last picture oh, show, but do yeah. you have like a favorite? <laughs> I mean, I have to say Young Frankenstein. I even watched Young, Young Frankenstein this weekend, so I feel like really, you know, especially just like Oh, that's uh, fresh. I know it's very very fresh. Uh, but yeah, what an incredible town. I didn't realize as as you said Matt when I Matt was texting us when the news came out, didn't realize that she was in 12 Broadway shows. That is Absolutely. And that was, I think, all before the 70s, maybe? Uh, her decade. Yeah, but they were her, all in the 50s. Yeah. Her, oh, there, it's God. So there you go. Her career was seven decades long, which is just incredible to think about. Um, and, you know, just diving into her career in those seven decades, like, because of, her film and television career, we don't really think about her as a theater star. Um, but the fact she grew up in, uh, Des Moines, Iowa, and mm-hmm. <laughs> she has like her own theater fund and theater awards in her honor out in Des Moines, like everything out there is theater wise. I feel like is we're going to be learning. Yeah. I feel like we're going to be learning so much about her through social media yeah. in the coming days. Like, old clips and photos, which is also going to be really heartbreaking, but also kind of beautiful. But, that I was going to say, we're very heartbreaking, so but also incredibly entertaining. Because even the stuff that came out, like, right after her death was announced, and just these videos mm-hmm. of her, uh, you know, selfie videos, interviews that came out, where it was just like her acerbic wit showing off. <laughs> she was just, she was a genius. And this is I'm, obviously... I'm a big Office fan. Oh, and, like, yeah. I don't know yeah. if you are, yeah. but there's this one bit in like one of the later seasons where they're doing like um, Jim and Pam and then Ed Helms character, they're all watching a movie together, but they're also simultaneously like going through a lot of like marital stuff. Oh, right. Yes. Do you remember this? And then they're watching a fake movie with Cloris Leachman falling in love with Jack Black. And it is so funny. It makes you go, okay, I'm deeply invested in this fake film <laughs> it should have been made should have been made in it full. should have been made so we're just trying to say like if there's more footage of that we'd like to see it you guys please at us on twitter if you have more videos of <laughs> this iconic woman so we yes, we, we could talk about this for a whole episode but we won't uh we're gonna take a moment to take a beat and go to james to talk about our sponsor audible we'd like to welcome a new sponsor to broadway radio audible As you probably know, Audible is the leading provider of spoken word entertainment and audiobooks, ranging from bestsellers and new releases to celebrity memoirs, languages, business, motivation, and now podcasts. 
We have highlighted Audible's work a number of times on Broadway Radio, and as a listener to Broadway Radio, you know that Audible has been supporting the development of new works through their Audible Theater initiative. So I think that the combination of Broadway Radio listeners and Audible Plus is a perfect match. With Audible Plus, you get full access to the Plus catalog, which is filled with thousands and thousands of select originals, audiobooks, and podcasts, including ad-free versions of popular shows, as well as exclusive series. Want to listen to Jake Gyllenhaal and Tom Sturridge in Seawall A Life? Audible Plus. How about Certain Women of an Age by Margaret Trudeau? Audible Plus. And The Half-Life of Marie Curie by Lauren Gunderson. Narrated by Kate Mulgrew and Francesca Faradani. Audible Plus. And there's so much more. Audible Plus connects you to a ton of content that entertains, inspires, and informs. It's easy to find just the right listen, whether it's comedy, romance, suspense, true crime, science fiction, or fitness and wellness. You can even squeeze in a workout or guided meditation without having to go to the gym or a class. Visit audible.com slash Broadway Radio or text Broadway Radio all one word, lowercase, to 500-500 to start your free 30-day trial. We'd like to thank Audible for sponsoring Broadway Radio. Thanks, James. And now more news. The Broadway League is offering theaters as vaccination sites. The Broadway League is joining other live events organizations in offering theaters and staff to aid in vaccination efforts. In a letter to President Joe Biden, which... Um, We all love saying in a letter to President Joe Biden, uh, the Broadway League and other live events groups are offering venues as vaccination sites, as well as workers and ticket management systems to make the process more efficient. The letter emphasizes the thousands of live entertainment venues across the country that are currently going unused, as well as the capabilities of an industry that is used to handling large crowds. In addition to offering theaters, the letter suggests using existing ticketing systems, which allow for advanced notification and timed entry to manage crowds and utilizing a workforce that has been, oh, I don't know, out of a job since March 2020. Uh, President, yeah, I know. Shocking news to us. No, it's all we can talk about. President (laughs) of the AEA, Kate Schindel, noted, New York is certainly not unique in needing stronger vaccine infrastructure and distribution strategies. I can't think of a better way for us to utilize our resources as artists to get back to normalcy instead of doing like a benefit concert for vaccines. Like, hey, let's utilize what we know how to do. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, Yeah, Matt and I talked about this uh, a bit, I guess, last week. I don't know. I've lost track of time. But before it was like an actual proposal with a letter attached to it. But yeah, just think about not only Broadway theaters, but off-Broadway, off-off-Broadway, regional theaters, theaters all across the country. Like, it doesn't make – and, you know, if you figure with or without a vaccine, they're going to be dark until (laughs) – at least in New York, probably September – they what, were the first so, to get canceled, and they're going to be the last to come back. Exactly, so. exactly. So goes the arts. So I can't imagine a better use of time and resources than this. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited about it. And it seemed like one of those, duh, like, why haven't we been talking yeah. about this moment? Yeah. But it was great to see in the news. I just already the collaboration between, like, our government yeah. and our theater and nah. the arts. It's like, yeah. let's... Let's utilize all of the ways now we can we just, help. All now right. we just got to get that rollout beyond 1% that it's at right now. 
And Satan. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so Brian Moreland was named Broadway Global Producer of the Year. Brian Moreland is the recipient of the ninth annual Broadway Global Producer of the Year Award. And he's chosen by Broadway Global, which well, I had to look up, um, for his outstanding work on and off the stage. His commitment to employing diverse talent um, ingenious creative teams and his dedication to the theater community is like what put him at the forefront for this award. Um, he's nominated. He's well, he's being nominated for two 2020 Tony awards, which I mean, are there 2020 no. Tony awards? No, I digress. Um, no. <laughs> he's nominated for best play with Seawalt, a live starring Jake Gyllenhaal and Tom Sturridge, which we talked about in our Tony mm-hmm. awards predictions podcast. Uh, um, and then the sound inside starring Mary Louise Parker an icon in and of itself. Um, Moreland will also be honored with a commissioned art piece entitled Producer's Puzzle by internationally acclaimed artist Steve Marshall, which, by the way, Ashley, I don't know if you're like a big art fan, Mm. but you should look his stuff up because he does this painting with like layered glass pieces that's really beautiful. Okay. Yeah. So highly recommend looking into his stuff because I think that that's going to be a really, I would love that as an award. I would love an amazing... work of art for this artist. Um, He devotes his spare time to the Theater Development Fund and is an active member of the Board of Governors for the Broadway League, uh, where he's also co-chair at the Multicultural Task Force and a trustee of the Board for Broadway Cares, Equity Fights AIDS. Sounds like a great guy. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I'll I'll put my trust and faith behind him for sure. Massive congratulations. Exactly. So as we saw on Twitter, uh, Jane Moss' salary reveals continued systemic wage gap, which Ashley and I are fully aware of. But just Mm. in case you're unfamiliar. (laughs) um, Every damn day. Every day. um, After 30 plus years in the industry at the top of the theatrical institutions, Jane Moss was the... Uh, Lincoln Center artistic director and her salary reflected 456000 for the fiscal year of 2019, which, okay, like sounds good, except for when you compare it to the systemic sexism in the wage mm-hmm. inequality in that industry, where you're comparing her to the men that are also artistic directors at Roundabout at 611000 and uh, 855000 for the public's artistic director. Mm-hmm. I mean... This kind of shit, guys. <laughs> this is like a tale as old as time. There's been something, because, you know, in the overlap of, like, theater and journalism, there's been a very large conversation going on right now about, like, prestige journalism publications, especially what mm. women and women-identifying writers are getting paid there, which is not very much and like everyone kind of shoots for that just like everyone shoots to in theater i mean i say everyone but if you're you know looking for a leaders leadership position shooting to become an artistic director people uh, writers and journalists are shooting to get into staff writer jobs and be on mastheads and they're making like $50,000 $50,000 a year for the yeah. top the top of their craft like <sighs> it's just so frustrating and it's, it's one of the things that like we're slowly starting to see things get better it's one of the things to me that just doesn't feel like it ever changes doesn't it's it's hard you know I don't know if you attended uh, Women's Day on Broadway I try to go every mm. year yeah I didn't get to it's strange because there are a lot of conversations that happen while you're there about talking about your um, status as far as like finances or like, you know, um, pregnancy situations, just anything mm. that might arise that you don't want to talk about um, when you're a woman working in the theater. And I was shocked to learn so much about the 
back end of like the artistic side or the, um, you know, uh, directors, producers, um, child wranglers, like everything that's not on stage. Right. And um, this type of thing. I'm, I'm glad that we're finding out even just through Twitter. Sure. You know, that this is how this conversation can start. Uh, as opposed to like, oh, hush, hush, like I heard and then, oh, never speak of that again. Right. Yeah. Like, please always shout out your salaries, you know, no matter when what field you are, because it's good to have that comparison. And that comparison also helps to keep the conversation going, where so often for so many decades, it's just kind of died in the water. So keep exposing people, folks. Thanks, Twitter. Um, finally, we're <laughs> going to go to our recommendations. And it has been announced that Rachel Chavkin, Amber Gray, and Andre DeShields will reunite to create a new Greek myth podcast live from Mount Olympus. The Onassis Foundation and the Tracks Podcast Network for Tweens uh, from public media organization PRX today announced live from Mount Olympus, a new podcast produced in partnership with theater ensemble, the TEAM, combining the magic of audio and contemporary theater with the power of Greek myth. Hmm. The show will debut. I know it just sounds sexy, even that. though it absolutely <laughs> is not. It's for tweens, but I don't know why it just sounded sexy. <laughs> Uh, the show will debut free on demand to audiences everywhere on Tuesday, February 2nd, with new episodes each Tuesday through March 9th. An audio trailer is available now, which you can listen to, which is fabulous. Uh, the project is co-directed by Rachel Chavkin, recipient of the Tony Award for, I don't know, Best Musical 2019 Hadestown. Ooh. And honored in 2017 for Natasha Pierre and the Great Comet of 1812. And uh, Zylon Levingston, who currently serves as the resident director for Broadway's Tina, the Tina Turner musical. The tween obsession with mythology right now is like off the charts, yeah. which I'm, I'm thrilled about because I'm like sick of Harry Potter. I was never Oh, God, it. yeah. I think we talked about so, that the other day, too. It's like, I'm yeah. done with it. I'm done with it. Stop giving her money. <laughs> exactly. Um, it, I mean the popularity and the success of like Hades town was such a cult hit. And mm. then the lightning thief, which is based on the Gordon yeah. book yeah. series of the same name, like anything to get kids to learn about classic literature or anything that might be considered required reading, go for it. For sure. Especially since like, it, at least in my experience and your mileage may vary. I didn't get to anything as far as like mythology until college when it was required of me. So then it became like a mm. chore where now it's, as you said, we've got the Lightning Thief. And Lightning Thief kind of took a bit of a hit as far as the musical goes. And everyone yeah. also hated the movies. <laughs> Movie? Movies? I don't really know how many. But I know they're making like a television series now. And it's also kind of or getting... Disney Plus. Yeah. And it's it's also... It's, it's kind of getting like... It's comeuppance, which is nice. Like, it's good to see that after so many extremely harsh reactions to the point where, you know, the aforementioned Tonys, they didn't even get <laughs> uh, recognized yeah. at all, despite the fact that this was supposed to be a celebration year. But what can you do there, I guess? I feel like we should have a whole other episode where we talk about that. <laughs> Just to yeah, be I, um, I would love to. <laughs> I've, I mean, got some, I guess I've got some things to say. We've got some things to say, but also, like, we have to wait for that cookie to crumble because we actually don't know still what's going to happen with the Tony Awards. They're so as soon as forever. we know, we'll let you guys know. <laughs> They're gone forever. <laughs> God. Also, i just like to point out that I had to take my little brother to Rick Rorden book signings. Oh. And he was helping me with my SAT oh, prep. Oh, I love and that. Because... 
he knew all the Greek mythology stuff. And I was like, I'm not reading this. I'm taking Latin. I'm doing my work. Like, <laughs> I'm doing, see, I'm doing the Lord's work see, here. See, so, all, all learning yeah. here. But if you don't feel like reading, ooh, did you like that? Uh, don't forget ooh, to check good. out Audible for all of your literary auditory needs. I know. I'd like to make a recommendation because this is real. I loved Harry Clark by David Kale, uh, which was a solo uh, show that I got to see in the West yeah, Village. Shout out yeah. to Kate Robarts for taking me. Um, and it was so phenomenal. And just getting to listen to it on Audible. It's read by Billy Crudup, who I did see do the show. Um, and it, it's it's worth download. If you don't already have Audible, this is why you need to get Audible. It's to listen to Harry Clark. It's a fantastic play. Please listen to it. David Kale's work is incredible. Like, oh, for and, sure. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, If you haven't listened to this, actually, you would be obsessed with it. Like, I gotta get on it. It has to happen. I gotta yeah. get on it. I've got my Audible descri- description, please, subscription, that's just, like, <laughs> loaded with books I need to get to. So, adding it to the list. Adding well, it we're to on lockdown it. and you've got time. Thanks I'm for listening to time. Today on Broadway. <laughs> We've got nothing but time. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio and on Instagram. Mm, yes, you can. You can follow mm-hmm. us on Instagram. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, Grace Aki-chan and on Instagram at Gracie Aki. Ashley, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at No, This Is Ashley. Amazing. And don't forget our Patreon, Broadway Radio, for lots of exclusive goodies, www.patreon.com slash broadwayradio and broadwayradio.com. Again, follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Give me something to do at Broadway Radio. Thanks, guys, (laughs) and we will see you tomorrow.